Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. You know, one of the things that I love about the Christmas story, when you read it from the Bible, is all of these moving parts, all of the pieces, all of the characters that make up the, the sort of mosaic of, of this story. You've got literally prophets from 100, 700 years and more uh, prior saying exactly what was going to happen, and it happens exactly as they say. Isaiah says it, Micah says it, Samuel says it, Daniel goes into it. You've got the, the Roman emperor, Caesar Augustus, who sets the wheels of, uh, uh, in motion of where Jesus is going to be born when he demands that everybody in the empire uh, is counted in their ancestral hometown. By the way, I should say this. This is a short one, y'all, a short message. So if you're like, oh, dear God, what's going to happen? I'm going to be short. I know that some of you have a hard time believing that, but it's going to happen. I promise you. I promise you. You, you got Joseph. You got, you got Mary. You've got a donkey ride of 80 miles or so from Nazareth to Bethlehem. You've got no room in the inn when they get there. The, the stable, the manger, and of course the star, the baby Jesus. You add to that this angelic host that we've read about. And, 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 and they show up in the middle of the night to some terrified shepherds who are watching their flock by night. You got this evil king, Herod, who wants to take out and destroy the baby Jesus. And it's this, this incredible story when you put it all together. And then... Curiously, you have these magi, wise men we tend to refer to them. The Bible calls them magi, showing up from as far away as maybe a thousand miles or so to pay homage to this newborn king. And, and the thing is, why are, why are these guys here? And what do they have to do with the story? Here's what Matthew has to say about them in Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the one who was born king of the Jews? We saw a star when it arose, and we have come to worship him. Now, we call these guys the three wise men, or the songs that we sing about them, the three kings of, of Orient, the three Magi. But the Bible doesn't say that there are three. We don't know how many there were. There could have been 12. There could have been 15. Sorry if I jacked up your Christmas nativity. Some of you are like, oh, wait a minute. Because these guys weren't even there at the Christmas night. Like, they, they weren't there. Like, in your nativity, they're there. You should just take those three guys and just shove them over here because they weren't actually there. Just sorry to jack up your Barnes and Noble pictures or I wasn't going for Barnes and Nobles. I was going for something else. Pottery Barn. Your, your perfect little Pottery Barn nativity, it's jacked up. Anyways, these were, weren't kings at all, most likely. They were magi. They were, the, the, the root is magician. And they were people who studied the heavenly lights, the stars, the astrologists and astronomers probably. What we do know about them is they had to have had access to the Hebrew scriptures. They've read the prophecies probably from the time of Daniel in, in, in Babylon, they've seen the text saying the Messiah would come, that a star would arise. Daniel says this, a star would arise from Jacob. And now they've seen this star. They followed the light. They've come from a very long way following the light, pointing them to Jesus. Wise men, right? Very wealthy very educated. They weren't there by themselves. There would have been a whole entourage of servants and people to help them do this. And yet, here they are many, many, many miles from home looking for Jesus. There's this old saying, I'm sure that you've heard of it before, that says, wise men still seek him. It's interesting 
that these very wise men, very educated, very bright, uh, wealthy men have traveled so very far following just a light and some ancient manuscripts that they found, a light that has guided them, though, now first to Jerusalem and then on to Bethlehem where they ultimately find him. I love this saying from Andy Stanley, and I've used it so many times here before because it's just so smart. Wise people know what they do not know. And so they go to those who do know, and this is what makes them wise. Wise men, these wise men who understand that as much as they know, they don't know it all. And so they've come to Bethlehem looking for someone who can guide them to the meaning of life. They followed the light. You know, lights were so very important in the first Christmas. The angels did the dazzling light show that we read about in the sky, and the shepherds come to Bethlehem because of it. The wise men saw another bright light in the star and the, the, and the skies, and they follow it all the way to where the Savior is born. In fact, I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but light is a major theme in the Bible. The Bible says in 1 John that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. As a matter of fact, if you go look at the very first part of the Bible in Genesis, the very first creative act was, let there be Light, right, yeah, good job. Jesus says in the Gospels later on, I am the light of the world. In fact, this is the reason for Christmas. I don't know if you've ever known this before, but John 12, this is the words of Jesus, verse 46. I have come as a light in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer wander in darkness. He's not talking about physical darkness here. He's talking about spiritual darkness and the sort of personal darknesses that all of us can find ourselves in at times. I think the truth is is every one of us have dark days. You know those times when you don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to face the world. You're not sure how things are going on. You're, You're facing dark days. The fact is, life is disappointing sometimes, and things don't always work out as we plan them, and situations don't always turn out the way we thought they would, and presents uh, you get at Christmas that you see under the tree, and you thought they were something, and it turns out there's something else. You thought it was the keys to a brand new car. Instead of it's it's a key ring slash bottle opener. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? It's not what you thought it was going to be. Some of you have faced major crises this year. Maybe it was a divorce. Maybe it was the death of a loved one. Maybe it was the, uh, a real defeat. Maybe it was the, the loss of a job. Maybe you face and are facing a major illness. The fact is you don't even want to be happy at Christmas. And you, don't, you don't like the joy and the happiness of the, all that everybody else seems to have because it just seems to uh, intensify your own pain, your own darkness. So, so where do you turn? Where do, where do I turn in the dark days? Well, we do what the wise men did. We, we follow the light. 2 Samuel chapter 22, 29 says, You, Lord, are my light. You dispel my darkness. When, when I think about the first Christmas, it's amazing to me that the star that the wise men saw to follow from the east 
was probably seen by a lot of people. I just heard this morning that tomorrow evening there's going to be the great confluence, they call this thing, where Jupiter and Saturn happen to pass each other. I think Saturn actually catches up with Jupiter, and so they'll, they'll be one-tenth of a degree apart, and it's going to be this major thing, which hasn't happened apparently since 1623, so it's a big deal apparently. You should probably go out and get a telescope or at least get your iPhone and try to zoom it in as big as possible tomorrow night. But I promise you tomorrow night, a lot of people are going to be looking to the skies. Probably a lot of people did then as well. It was in the sky. Anybody could see it. Probably millions and millions of people saw this bright, unusual light, but they didn't do anything about it. They didn't follow it. I'm sure there were people who were like, hey, Martha, you got to come out and see this thing. And she was like, huh, let's go back in and watch TV or whatever they were doing back in the day. Come on, y'all. Probably not TV. But wise men, the wise men, saw the light and followed it. That's why they were wise. They knew what they didn't know, and so they went to see the one who did know. See, it's one thing to know that there's a light in the world, but it's another thing to choose to follow the light. Here's the point. You can choose darkness or you can choose light. You can choose to live in the dark. The, 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 night, the dark night of the soul, the, 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 the winter of discontent, as Shakespeare called it, or you can come out into the light. See, God is willing to shine his light on anybody who will receive him. But you and I could choose to go and live in darkness and live in a cave and wear a blindfold or never look and enforce darkness into our own life. Do you need a light? Do you need some light in this season? then you and I have to choose to start living in that light, to follow the star, if I can use that. And that's your choice and mine. See, see, Jesus came to light up your world. Not just the world, but your world. And this place today, you can experience his love and you can experience his light. I, I think if he were here today and he was talking to you straight up, he would say something like, hey, listen, you... You matter to me. And I know all about you. I've seen all the things that you're going through, and God would say that to you. I know all about you, and I want you to know me. I want you to have a relationship with me. So I came in human form so that you could relate to me. And I love you, and I want to have a relationship with you. Not, not, I'm not talking about rules and religion and, and rituals or regulations. I'm talking about a relationship with the person who made you, with God, the creator. That's what Christmas is all about. That's what Jesus said. He said, I came to light up the darkness in people's lives. So we make the choice to turn on the light, to let the light shine in, to do what the Magi did, to come and worship him, to come and exalt him. I wonder if you could pray with me. Father, thank you so, so very much for your love and for your light and for your joy that you've brought to us in this season. Lord, it's on this table. The invitation is on the table for any of us who would open the door. Jesus says, I'm knocking. For any of us that who would open the door, he said he would come in into our hearts, into our lives. So God, I'm just praying that those of us who might right now be experiencing a season of darkness, experience uh, a, winter, a winter of the soul, God, I just pray that we would turn to you like the wise men did. We would follow the star. 
We go where the light is. Wise people who they know what they don't know, so they go to people who do know. Father, we know that you have the answers of life. You are the wellspring, the joy of life. And so we give our hearts, we give our lives to you. Turn on the lights in our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.